0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Word from the Realm podcast, an in-depth look at the world of Sarah J. Maas. Join us as we fall through the word gate together to discover the true magic of these amazing realms. We are your hosts, Sarah, aka Rosebud.
1: And I'm Avery in Fiction.
0: And today we are talking about Queen of Shadows Part 2. Part 2. Yay!
1: We're so Stinking tired. We're very tired. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so like we're stoked because this <gasps> is like the best half of this book. Like, but the, like, there's a lot of good things, but like, this is the best half.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Like, I think when I go back and reread, I I really start at like Rowan's entrance and go all the way to okay. like I think, I think that's what the I end do too.
1: I mean, I think that's what I do too. I I feel like if you. If you don't start at Rowan's entrance, the only thing you're really going prior to that for is Adrian's rescue. Yeah.
0: One thing I do want to say really quickly before we like totally dive into this episode. Yeah. Knowing myself and who I am. Uh-huh. While we are going to do our best to keep the spoiler free of the Throne of Glass series like we always do. Mm-hmm. I will bring up something that happens at the end of Empire of Storms at a certain part. Towards the middle-ish of this podcast. You're and when really. I do, I will give you plenty of warning before I say it. But if you've not read Empire of Storms, just we'll give you a good heads up.
1: You'll give them a good heads
0: up. <laughs> we'll write before I say it. I think you know what I'm referencing.
1: I have a feeling, but I'm not going to hazard a <laughs> guess.
0: Yeah. I'm just, yeah, just going to let this one go. Yeah. So okay, first things that I want to say is so usually when we do these podcasts, um, we try and like or lately I should say with starting with Air of Fire, we try to divide it up by like, okay, Avery's gonna talk about the witches, and then I talk about Rowan and Ailen. And then it ends up turning into like a two-hour session of whoever goes first, and then the second person talks for 25 minutes. Yeah, we're not doing only 30 minutes on the witches this time. Yeah, okay. So we're gonna <laughs> I we're gonna kind of like reverse it a little bit because i'm going to talk about rowan and aelin super quick for part Mm -hmm. one and then i'm going to let avery talk about the witches and then when the witches interact with rowan and aelin then i'm going to flip and talk a little bit about rowan and aelin and what happens in the castle and then avery's going to talk about caltane and all that and then i will talk about the end so we're going to kind of do it in order we're
1: going to try to divvy it up a little better than yeah hearing me and sarah banter back and forth about rowan and aelin for two hours and then avery just like sum up the witches really really quickly
0: (laughs) yeah i i think the biggest thing and to be fair neither one of us is really prepared but we both know this book pretty well that we're fine the biggest things i want to talk about before we like because really we're going to convene together at the we call it the reunion, but it's really It's really like when every story, <laughs> when every story like interacts with each other for the first time. So yeah. before we get to that, the the key things when it comes to Aelin and that side of the story, which is like Aelin, Kale, Nezrin, Rowan, Lysandra, Adian, all of them. So number one, they are trying to prepare for Summer Solstice because. I mean, they know Aelin's power is going to be the best at Summer Stolzest, and they think this is when they're going to free magic. So they have this really? grandiose plan and that's kind of the idea. So really those first few chapters, which I'm not really going to name a whole lot.
1: The only I one thought... you should probably bring up to do with Rowan and Aelin and their adventures is the God of Truth.
0: I was just going to say is chapter 50, the yeah. God of Truth. So that's the only one I want to bring up really um, as like something, you know, I mean we literally put Pay a gif attention. We literally put a gif in this. <laughs> that said, I'm going to write this down because it's so important. So this is also for my crossover friends to be paying Ooh, attention. Whoa. Anyways, so for reference, for anyone who doesn't remember, let me just catch you up to speed. So the shadow market, which is essentially was this underground market that was selling illegal quote unquote illegal substances in Otterland had to move and Alyn and the crew are going through these tunnels i i would say i think that's kind of what they are underground yeah, they're, they're they're catacombs t- yeah they're catacombs but like it's like a tunnel system and the deeper that they go the more they're seeing these like hidden messages and yeah. The first time you read Throne of Glass or the first time you read this series, the thing that catches your eye is the fact that this is when you learn that Elena and Gavin, and Elena and Gavin, for those that don't remember, they are the original people who made Otterlin. Um, Gavin is the, num- he is the first Hav- Haviliard and Elena Galathinius is obviously the one that's been gifting Aelin all these things. This is when we find out that they lied. And that they did not kill Erewhon. And that's that's the thing that you focus on the first time you read it. But the second time. The second time. I'm just
1: saying that the shadow market sounds very like something else. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint
0: yeah so I'm gonna read a few quotes not a whole lot so first off it says that the legend has it that the shadow market was built on the bones of the god of truth and that as they get deeper into the catacombs they realize it was a temple that there was altars and benches and even a dark reflection pool laid in a massive space oh <gasps> there's a dark re- I just realized Sarah okay sorry Sarah. we can we can spiral about that in a second okay. It's in every language, and there's different handwritings. the The farther they get, the learn, the more they realize that it's it's they're going farther back in time. And it says it seems like the God of Truth was more of a sin eater than anything. Some of the things that people wrote, they they basically confessed to their sins, which is how we learned that you know Elena and Gavin lied. And so that's when they think, what if the god of truth was a sin eater? What if he was the one who had blessed the sword? That somewhat tells the truth, unlike Mm. another truth-telling sword that we know, dagger, whatever. They were also made, the altar was made of a pure stone white marble carved in word marks. Mm. The reason that that is important, and I think we can say this because it's not a huge spoiler, is the fact that a lot of key buildings in sarah j mass's universe i mean the moonstone palace the asterian archives i believe is also made of that the uh, griffin antiquities was made of of a white pure marble stone so a lot of really key buildings have been made of this so it's Important to note. And then Rowan later says, whoever this God of Truth was, he was not a benevolent sort of deity. No, the temple was built on the bones of murderers, thieves, and worse. She doubted that the God had been a particular favorite. No wonder he'd been forgotten. To me, he sounds, to to hint without saying anything, you may have met this God of Truth in a series with bats. Uh Who appeared as a child, in my Uh opinion which uh-huh. is why i think that pool of water might also relate to a certain just
1: just to like also throw in here <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: that the messages in mm-hmm. the catacombs are carved in
0: bone they're carved in bone in
1: case we didn't hit you over the head <laughs> with
0: that one in case we didn't yeah exactly in case <laughs> we didn't and then also for anyone wondering because i i always like to bring this up and I, I don't know it off the top of my head. And I know Izzy has written it down for me like seven times. And I'm I honestly sure. need to like pin it to above my computer <laughs> at this point. Yeah, When Queen of Shadows came out, A Court of Thorns and Roses was already out. And I think A Court in Mist and Fury was either coming out next or was already out as well. I it can't remember. It was set
1: to come out next. Okay. So it was, I remember correctly. Was it era Court, Queen?
0: Or was it i think it was
1: yeah i think that's right because then it was it was air of Fire, court queen court
0: yes because wings and rune was out before kingdom of ash came out
1: right and it was out before crescent city one yes yes
0: yes so for reference mist and fury was not out yet but it was written and about right. to come out when this right. book was out
1: which is when we meet
0: the Bone A Carver. A very
1: certain character.
0: I'm just going to say the Bone Carver. It's the
1: fucking Bone Carver. It's Did you not carver. get that
0: mop meat head? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So chapter 50 is very interesting to reread. It it was interesting the first read, but the second read, it was, you know, great. So the only other big thing I want to talk about when it comes to Rowan and Aylan is the fact that uh, Lexantra gets taken. So the reason that yes. they go to the forest and run into Manon and is people. because... Into the woods, yes, (laughs) as Avery and I like to say. The reason they go into the woods, (laughs) what am I doing here? I'm in the wrong story. Uh, (laughs) Is is because Alexandra has been taken and they find eventually, which I just want to quickly point out as my like, usual Rowan gushy moment, is the fact he was so good to Evangeline. He like picks her up and like coddles her. Aylin is just like, oh my God. Like if Aylin didn't
1: have baby fever, she immediately had Oh baby my fever. God.
0: I just was like, I even kind of forgot that he did that. Cause when he it, did that, when I re- did the reread, and he did that, I was like, "Oh
1: no!" I literally, I had the same thought. I was I like, was "Not," <gasps> I was not well. I was. It so, was so like, cute. There's just something about a big, burly, strong yes. man holding a small child. It's a just, small redheaded child. I just oh, want to point that out. up. <laughs> but the other a thing, small, or- a small child in general, but specifically for Sarah, a small redheaded child. It's yes. just So. Hot. It's just hot.
0: Well, and, no- <laughs> the, and the other thing too was the context of how that scene went down because when they opened the door, they thought it was a threat. So they all had like their daggers pointed it was, at Evangeline.
1: and Rowan and uh, aylin had come up behind, and yes, then she busts. Through them when she sees that it's so
0: right. So they all assumed it was a threat, and then the minute they realized it was Evangeline, everyone calmed down. But Rowan is the one that took the action to like grab the child and to like love and protect her. Which again reminds you of the fact that you know he lost a child. (sighs) He's just the best. Okay, so that's my gushy moment. So now they're heading into. The woods. Into the woods, right? Yes. So
1: i I can sum this up pretty quickly because there's not a whole lot mm-hmm. with the witches prior to Into the Woods. So, Into the Woods. Sorry, I had to say it. I had so to say it at least once. Is the this is the second time we have seen Shadowfire used, but this is the biggest time in the book to this point that Shadowfire has been used. So Manon has demoted Astorin after her outburst. Of course. So Astorin is now like fourth and Vesta is third. Which I and love then... every
0: time they demote her, like the whole 13 is like, okay, Manon. <laughs>
1: like I just so, think it's ridiculous. Like the... the entire dynamic of the 13 just like brings me a lot of joy. Yes. <laughs> because they're just constantly like they they respect the absolute hell out of Manon. But they're yes. like, can you please, please just really quickly get your head out of your
0: ass yeah. really quickly. Well, and I think like, that's what makes them such a good group because to your yeah. point, they respect her, but they don't fear her. So right. they respect her enough to say to her that this is not a good idea or right. that we know you're going to change your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the Duke calls Caltain his pet, which is honestly just disgusting. Gross. That's uh, gross. Gross. Uh, Anyways, and she unleashes her shadow fire from atop the wyverns upon a village. And then the 13 go in and kill all of the remaining survivors of the village. Which Manon later reflects in a in a chapter before the friends reunion that it was a mercy to to kill them. Because yeah. the shadow fire is so powerful. So that is that. And then the next time we are with the witches or a lead is when Roland makes his way into the Chambers of the Thirteen. Mm. And what we find out in that chapter that's very important is that the darkness that consumed the room only affected those who did not have gold within their eyes. So most of the Blackbeat Coven has black eyes flecked in gold. Manons are pure gold. But there are certain witches who have brown and blue and green eyes that are within the 13. And those are the witches that were affected by this Valg darkness power thing. Yeah. And then the next thing that I'm going to point out that is about the witches, but is not... The witches' like POV mm-hmm. is when nezrin comes and brings the information to Aelin that the king has an army of three thousand strong iron teeth witches on whiteburns that he has made. He has made,
0: made, made. So exciting! So <laughs> exciting!
1: And then there's a demon Dorian chapter, and then we go into the woods.
0: Yeah. The one thing I want to say before we totally start diving into this is something I think Sarah did really beautifully was, you know, up until this moment, it was a very much the witches chapters were very witch centric. You know, it was it, whatever characters were involved in that story. That's where it was. Aylin's chapters were very aylin centric, although characters that were within her vicinity were featured in chapters. And then what I loved about these forest Woods chapters is the fact that she switched POV so quickly it was almost like literally watching a movie and like realizing that they're like moments away from meeting each other
1: that was fun for me it was also a lot for me as a person with ADD because I, I I like staying in a person's head I don't necessarily love first person but like I like staying in a person's head and the and the switching In the middle of the chapter between perspectives was a lot for me, but honestly, I think it it helped me learn to like read that, and it it certainly prepared me for Kingdom of
0: Ash. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. (laughs) Would you kind of need
1: this book as like a POV warm up for Kingdom of Ash? This is the only way you get through it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the chapters leading up to like the big one where they're all officially together were pretty short, if I remember correctly. I'm yes, just going they off are. of our notes. They're pretty quick. But obviously, you know, as we're getting closer and closer to the forest, everyone's inching their way closer to well, Ailen's getting closer to rescuing Lysandra. Manon is there. I believe she, if I remember correctly, she's there because of the king's wishes.
1: So, okay. So I'm trying
0: to remember why she was in the forest. So
1: Manon has been summoned. Right. By the king as mm-hmm. the wing leader, mm-hmm. to come to the forest for this meeting to protect the group of thirteen. Have to come and protect the matron and his party and stuff like that. So like, yes, that's
0: that's why she's there. It's not because they're transporting Lysandra. Part of it is
1: that, but the king doesn't tell her that. She discovers that upon arrival, right? Because she's go- they're going to Morath,
0: and the king is not. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So I did remember that correctly. Okay. Yes.
1: So they are there to get Lysandra in reality, but also they're there for the meeting. And that is how Manon finds out about what her grandmother has been up to.
0: Yes. And what I think was very interesting about that meetup, because I know as we are inching closer to one of our favorite moments, was the fact that it was kind of one of the first times that Manon was a a little defiant publicly to her grandmother yes and she got
1: like slap like nail raked down her yeah yeah I think it's interesting getting that from Aylin's perspective as well because yes. Aylin's like faster than she had any right to be the yes. matron slapped the ring the wing leader like Aylin's like okay witches are fast and i'm fast and that witch should be fast but that was stupid fast
0: yes yeah and it's true because it, what is what is interesting is when aelin realizes that they're there and she's like oh no so then everyone's now hiding and watching the witches and then it switches to the witches and you find out what's going on so well and done then really they,
1: well and what's interesting about the chapters leading up to it is the preparation that goes into saving lysandra so they arrive prior to the witch's arrival so that their scent is already in the area and the witches can't detect them.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's like a lot of thought into it. Okay. So moving to chapter 58. Yeah. I just want to quickly share because this is welcome to Sarah's one tunnel track mind. The first time I read this, I do want to clarify. I did read this. Okay. (laughs) I probably just read it very fast because I don't remember this the first time ma'am i know i don't remember how do you uh, th- i think because i was so focused on Aylin's storyline shocking which is also okay so this is what's funny when avery brings up her adhd and she's like oh it was really hard for me to like focus on all the multiple point of views my adhd hyperfixates on one storyline and that's it and so yeah mine was aylen and rowan and so i also i think was just so sad for dorian that i didn't really pay attention to whatever was going on with him because i was like i can't he's just he's in such oh, a bad sarah. state sarah. the second time i read this the human is still inside him sarah well right so the second time i read this and i got to the princeling witchling line which is which what is we're. The i remember screaming like doing it like reading the notes and doing it it was oh god it's so good i wasn't
1: doing notes but i was screaming there was a lot of screaming
0: it's what i think is so cool about and i hope i I think unfortunately book talk has somewhat ruined this what i think is probably so cool as a reader is you do not see this pairing coming at all and when it and when it hits you because it it hit me a little later but regardless when it hits you you're like I'm sorry what because Listen. in my in my mind like I'm, I'm just gonna be honest uh-huh Manon is like out of dorian's league yeah okay i wasn't sure if that was a controversial yeah. opinion.
1: <laughs> he is in the movie she's out of my league dorian is the jay baruchel and she is the alice Eve. yeah yeah she is so far out of his league that he like come on
0: yeah because because okay. he's not like obviously we all love dorian so it's not like i'm sitting here saying like oh he's like no. you know not worthy of her but it's just like i'm sorry she's a very strong powerful female yes. are you are you sure she's you a want that
1: centuries old <laughs> yeah very strong powerful female who looks like she's in her mid-20s like, <laughs> can you imagine well yeah that's and what i'm like okay.
0: Are you okay, Dorian? But honestly, it's like one of the best pairings. <laughs>
1: Listen, if you read this book and you don't know as a woman whether or not you are bisexual and you read Manon, you very quickly discover that you might be.
0: Yeah, see, that's how I knew I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, see, that's how I knew I was. <laughs> yeah. I
1: was like Shh. It was like I was attracted to Rowan and and oh, Dorian. And then also Lysandra and Manon, but it was almost like a battle of, like, do I want to be them or do I want to be with them
0: or is it both? And the answer is both. The, the
1: answer is both.
0: See, I, w- I would want to be friends with Manon. Well, duh. Nobody wants to be her enemy. Yeah, but I don't want to, like, I'm okay. A Dorian. Yeah. Dorian's
1: mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah. Daddy
0: yeah. So, anyways, we totally got distracted by Prince, yeah, which like I'm sorry, but that was
1: a that was a derail. The um. but the
0: one thing I do want to point out is what I loved about this interaction is the fact how it threw both of them off, just like it threw the readers off because mm-hmm. it throws Dorian off because he suddenly has control over his body for a hot second to say his name. Right it like, throws manana not only because, to
1: say his name but to, to flirt yeah like <laughs>
0: yeah the rose manana off because kind of to our point she's like excuse me who is this child talking to me but also i kind of like child. it <laughs> like he kind of cute he which i guess right. we should say it's more like a a man because you know he, he's not a child but the man is like 20 yeah i know He's a child, but but suddenly he grows up like t- like five years in the next well, book. Yeah, he
1: had a demon prince put inside him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, but before we like get into it, I just want to say one more thing about the yeah. witchling princeling chapter. Yeah, is one of my favorite lines is in this chapter, and it's not witchling princeling. Oh, it's the. I mean, that is a favorite line. Of yeah, memory. yeah. That's not the one I'm talking about. Yeah. It's when she sniffs him and she goes, but would you bleed red or black? And his response is, I'll bleed whatever color you
0: tell me to. And I'm just like, <gasps> I think Unwell. that relationship is so cool because it is so out of left field for everyone. Reader, writer, I don't know. Maybe Sarah had a plan all along, but I'm just I saying. Mean, I, uh, well, I mean, based on our, our notes
1: from- Chapter One of Throne of Glass. That's a good Plan. Yeah, she had she
0: had an idea of who Dorian would be with. This is the thing, Sarah is a is a note
1: taker. If you get that special edition of king of, of Ash or you'll, Kingdom of Ash, I have both. Yeah, you'll you'll see it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But
0: yeah, by the way, for anyone wondering, I do have a special edition of Tower of Dawn. I know so, no one would believe me, but I oh do. Um, what
1: really makes Sarah angry is that she spent money. And I
0: got mine for seven dollars at a second hand. Yeah, book store. no, no, no. I spent money on that. I spent money on all of them, actually. I spent the most on that Empire Storms Target edition. I'm not surprised. That that precious baby that no one can touch because it is falling apart on my bookshelf, but I love it dearly. So not surprised. Yeah. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about when it comes to I think it's this chapter. Maybe it's 59. Oh, it's at the end of 58. Uh, kale. So <laughs> You know, everything was going really well in this forest Until in terms of like.
1: he decided to be the hero.
0: Yeah. So everything was going pretty well in terms of like, you know, we had a pretty good plan that Aylin and Rowan and the crew, I'm just called Aylin and the crew. Aylin and the crew were hiding out. They were um, ready to save Lysandra. Uh, they had saved they had Lysandra. Saved Lysandra kale salad decided not to be a kale salad meaning he decided not to be boring but at the wrong moment and he decided to be a, to a dumb, dumb dummy because he I, I understand his motivation sure. what he was thinking was I'm going to take care of Dorian now because this is what Dorian would want dumb but what it did it was like bro there are witches in the forest and <laughs> this is other- not the
1: time here's the other thing about what I think is interesting because we do we do get Manon's POV and she is having she has so much else she is dealing with she's genuinely going to let Aelin and Rowan and them go yeah, like she's genuinely going to let them go. And then Aylin had to go and show her necklace of scars. And then that just sets off a whole other chain of events.
0: Well, And, and I think that's what's so masterful about this is because Aylin realizes the only way to save Kale from his his, his stupidity in this moment is to reveal herself because the king has left at that point. Like he's right. he's he's not there. He's out. he's he's out. So Aylin reveals herself. And she's like basically taunting the witches, shows her scars. Manon's like, you're dead. And she's like, come get me.
1: Well, she's all. And uh, this is what's really. And this is all Kale's
0: fault. It's all Kale's fault.
1: So Kale's bleeding on the ground. She Mm -hmm. uses the blood to draw the word marks to trap Manon. Manon was genuinely going to let them go because we get Manon's POV and we know she's got too much else going on. But Uh Aelin doesn't know that. Uh-huh. So Ayen believes that Manon is not going to let her go, so instead she decides to taunt Manon, yeah, with the necklace of scars. But the problem with that is is that Manon would have gone after her just for the spell alone, yeah, if Aen had just walked away, yeah, uh-huh, but instead, Ayen doesn't just walk away, and then Rowan gets shot and almost dies
0: yeah so which is at the very end of 59 and goes into. i
1: skipped ahead sorry
0: it's okay and goes into 60. yes so this is a good time for me now to warn you if you have not read empire of storms mute Uh for like two minutes okay give yourself like two minutes okay so this is the thing (laughs) this is when you find out that aelin realizes that rowan is her mate and Uh This is probably one of my favorite things because I didn't notice it the first time I read it. But the second time I read it, and once I knew that Aelin says this in Empire of Storms to Maeve, like, oh, that's when I realized because when he was shot in the shoulder. It is so crazy. Like, it is so crazy that she found out in that moment. Also, when you read the beach scene in Empire of Storms, one of the first places she kisses Rowan on is the scar. Because this is where she realizes that this is, you know, when they're mates and whatever the other thing i want to point out is if you read the deleted scene of empire storms which you totally or the deleted scene of Era of fire which you totally should you find out that rowan this entire time has thought that they were mates and yeah. So when this happens, he jumps in front because something else happens King Queen of Shadows, which I'll just go and say right now so we don't have to do this again. When Aelin gets stabbed by Dorian, Rowan realizes that they're mates in that moment. Like, it solidifies it for him because uh-huh. he feels it. Like, it's like a tug. It's, it's the same idea with Perthian, like the mating bond, you know, all that stuff. So, like... Oh my god, it's so, when I reread this and it says the world has stop, like time stopped. I freak every time because I'm like, "Aylin, if if you know, this is the worst miscommunication trope ever. Like, if they had just confronted each other in this one moment. Also later on when she go, when she talks to Kale, and she goes, "They almost killed my Rowan." We all know she was trying to say mates. We all know that. Okay? Even mm-hmm. Kale knows that. Kale freaking salad knows that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay, so going back to chapter 60. <laughs> okay i did pretty good i did pretty good great thank you Um, okay so chapter 60 is when rowan gets shot my favorite part about this is the fact that he gets shot and Aylan's freaking out and she he's still pushing her forward and she it is one of the few times she uses the blood oath to be like move right he's (laughs) like back to her and he's and he looks so mad (laughs) when she uses it (laughs) yeah it says his eyes flash with fury (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but his body moved as though so she compelled him. Well, she did. You're laughing now. I'm so sorry.
1: All right, all right, all right, all right, right. So we get to the safe house.
0: Wait, you want to you want to skip the whole thing with Manon and Aylan?
1: Listen, okay. Manon this and is... Aylin duke it out, and Aylan saves Manon, and, and now Manon it's owes one of her my life debt.
0: It's one of my favorite lines because she says, "You're too good of a fighter to die right now." Right. Oh, so good. It's. It, Mutual respect, queen for queen. I love it. Like, I just love the dynamic here. You know, it's just so yeah. good. Oh, and even Aelin recognizes that she shoots Manon and Astrin cries in the same way that.
1: So, so right? she doesn't shoot her. Manon is is going down and Astrin screams after her. Mm-hmm. And that's when Aelin decides she's going to go save Manon because she doesn't
0: want to take away somebody who loves. Somebody and, from somebody who
1: loves her. That and much. this is the yeah. only
0: quote I'm going to say, and then we can move on to the safe house. Okay. It said, So she saves Manon, and it mm-hmm. says, Aylin had felt, the t- felt it before, a thread in the world, a current running between her and someone else. She felt it one night years ago and had given a young healer the money to get the hell out of this continent. She felt the tug, <sighs> had decided to tug back. Here it was again, that tug toward Manon, whose arms buckled as she collapsed to the stone. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to say that one line and yes. we let's go to the that- safe house. We
1: love how, you know, fate happens in yeah. the series. I think it's incre- it's incredibly well written. Okay. So they decide to go to Nezrin's father's country house to the man who keeps it and his wife, who is a midwife, to try to get Rowan healed. That's, yes. that's the next chapter. And we run into Fleetfoot. Which I And love. Rowan gets healed and Lysander gets taken care of. And there's, you know. But then the next chapter sixty two is when we find out about the witch towers. Mm. All okay, right, go ahead. Basically, Manon doesn't know exactly how the witch towers are going to be used, but they—the assumption is that it's Caltaine's shadow fire that is going to be what's unleashed through the witch towers. Which a witch tower is basically like a glorified catapult-looking thing in my head, but it's got. It's open air and it's got mirrors within it so that yeah. so that when Shadowfire is launched within it, it can go and like wipe out an entire battlefield. Essentially.
0: Yeah, that's pretty similar to how I imagined it.
1: Okay. So that, that's the intention. And so at this point, Manon has gone to the caravan looking thing and seen that the the model of the witch tower, not just the drawing of the witch tower. So has right. now seen the model and she realizes that these things are going to be hundreds of feet high yep. and wipe out literally any and everything. And then at the end of this chapter, Elid tries to go to Manon's room and Vernon is there waiting for her. So that is... A little bit of that, and then the next chapter is sixty-three, and sixty-three is an incredibly important chapter because we start it with Elite getting taken to the dungeons, and and Vernon being awful, but we end it with Asterin's backstory yeah. and the things you really need to know about. Astron's story are that she was out hunting crockens She found a hunter. She fell in love. She got pregnant. Manon's grandmother took her in and tried to keep her safe. And then the baby was had. The baby was stillborn. And Manon's grandmother scarred and Threw her out in the snow. And it was I believe Sorrel and Vesta mm-hmm. maybe yeah who took her to I think it was Vesta's. Something. Yeah, they took her in and took care of her and fixed her. And then that is when Astra made the decision never to trust the matron or serve the matron. She would always only ever serve Manon because she knew that Manon didn't know and she was kept from Manon because she knew that if Manon had known, Manon would have torn apart. Literally, everyone to get to Astrin.
0: This also explained why Astrin was so yeah. passionate about what was going on because she had lost a child and she knew how precious witchlings were, she and says, what was occurring was awful.
1: She says towards the end of the chapter, Manon looked at her cousin's shirt as if she could see the brand beneath. That is why you've been behaving this way. And Asterin replies with, I am not foolish enough to pretend that I don't have a weak spot where witchlings are concerned. Yep. So that is the main thing for a takeaway for 62 and 63. Okay.
0: 64 is when Rowan's awake. Yeah. So the most important thing is that he wakes up and that. Obviously,
1: it's very important (laughs) that he wakes up.
0: Yeah. And uh, they take them. They take everyone back to Otterlin or Rifthold. And the other fun thing about this is Aelin gifts Lysandra that she has paid off her debts for both Lysandra and Evangeline. And when it, when Lysandra finds out, she starts to cry. And Avery and I both love the fact that she says, "Oh, thank God, you're ugly when you cry." Yeah, it's like our. It's like one of our favorite lines because, you know, I think as as a friend, it's like when you when you when you're friends with someone who's just like stunningly gorgeous and you're just Mm -hmm. like god you will never Mm -hmm. look bad in a photo you will never look bad in anything and then you see that they're an ugly crier you're like thank god karma karma Mm -hmm. finally got you a little bit you know
1: yeah and then the next chapter is the gold night
0: gold night count (laughs) (laughs) my
1: favorite can i just say that the rowan's (laughs) reaction reaction (laughs) to the to the gold nightgown. Is so God-tiered. What's
0: it's really so good? What's first off? I just noticed I never made a summary for the Golden Night gown, which is hysterical. I, I don't think
1: it needs a summary. I think that GIF summarizes yeah, I
0: yeah. So I'm so sorry for Patreon. I guess I never made one. But the best part about this chapter is the fact I that it I said it says test. Yeah, it still says test. <laughs> which, by the way, that's how we we templateize these notes. The my favorite part about this chapter is the fact that I said to Avery, I was like, "I want to do gold nightgown." What I didn't expect was how important the beginning was of the gold nightgown, which Tika. Yes, it is where. So there's a few things. Number one, it is where Rowan and Lorcan chat for a little bit, and this is when. Lorcan and Rowan essentially argue over what is going to occur with Maeve. Lorcan tries to take some stabs at Rowan by saying, you know, if if you had been a little kinder, I would have dropped your remains off on that hill with your, you know, with, with your mate. And Rowan's like, real nice, dude. Like, you know, way to way to shove that in my face, essentially. But the end of that conversation ends with Rowan saying, Okay, I'm gonna give you. If you give me the ring, because he has the ring that, for those of you that don't remember, Aelin had this ring that was on the sword that she had gifted Maeve to give to trade for Rowan's blood sworn life, essentially. And Lorcan has that ring. And so Rowan and Lorcan trade each other. So Lorcan gives Rowan the ring and Rowan gives, and I'm putting this in quotes, Lorcan the amulet of Orinth, which has the word key in it. Now, what Lorcan doesn't know and what we find out later as a reader is when Rowan returns to the apartment, Aelin is awake and she goes, when do you think he's going to find out that it's a fake? Because it was all planned for Rowan to go out there and talk to Lorcan and do all of this. And that is when we find out that he essentially has a fake amulet with a fake word key. Mm -hmm. The other really interesting thing is Kale... Well, two things happen. And I want to point this out because Kale lovers will, will get at me for not talking about this. So Kale and Aelin finally have a chat. They finally talk about their feelings. Kale recognizes the fact that Even though Aylin at this point does not recognize as much that she and Rowan are like a romantic pairing publicly, obviously privately she recognizes that. Kale recognizes what a good fit Rowan is for her, but also realizes that regardless of what the situation would have been between the two of them, she was always going to be Aelin Galathinius. And that would have been the breaking point of their relationship. And even at one point, Aelin says, You know, I think as Selena Sardothian, you and I would have been fine. And he goes, But you were never Selena Sardothian. You were always Aylan. And so it was a really beautiful conversation between the two of them. And it ended with a really hopeful place, which I loved that Sarah did that, I felt like if we could have wrapped up their relationship here, I would have been pretty happy with where Kale had ended. And then he does some things in Tower of Dawn that I questioned. So the next thing is, Kale then talks to Nezrin, and there's a very interesting quote about Antika. And I went down a spiral for like 45 minutes when I read yeah, this. She- so basically, Nezrin says that she's, it's never, that they're talking about Otterlin and Rifthold. And then Nezrin says that this has never felt like home and home was the God city. And he says, recalling the history and geography lessons that had been drilled into him, it was more frequently called by its other name Antica. And it was the largest city in the Southern continent, home to the mighty empire in its own right, which was, which claimed it had been built by the hands of gods. It was also home to the Torre Chesme and the most, the best mortal healers in the world, but he didn't know that Nezrin's family had been from there. And they were. The reason I bring that up is if you are a crossover fr- friend, hearing that a city that was claimed to be built by the gods is probably important to note. is what I would say. The other thing, and we will get... I mean, I should just go ahead and say this. If I had to take a wild guess, I think our Tower of Dawn podcast is probably going to be spoilers for crossovers.
1: Yeah, just a smidge.
0: So I'm going to put that out there. That leans itself to a series set in the modern world more than a, the other series just correct to clarify okay now to the golden eye count favorite thing about the golden eye count i won't spend too much time on this surprisingly <laughs> is the fact that when she comes out in it he immediately wants to rip it off her body and she's like mm, no, no. This is (laughs) Lysandras. And then the other thing I love about this conversation is I know when most people think of it, they think of how sexy it is because she's in this gold nightgown and he requested it and blah, blah. But it's actually a really sweet moment between the two of them. It's the first time they've ever... Kissed. Yeah, it is the first time they've kissed. Can you believe that? I don't even know that. It is kind of weird, but it is the first time that they've officially kissed. And I also love that they say to each other, You make me want to live, not just to survive, but to live. And then they fall asleep cuddling.
1: It's really cute.
0: So there you go. Talked about the golden eye count in less than a minute.
1: Proud of you. Okay, moving on. So the next chapter is Which Killer the Human is Still Inside Him. And the only thing I'm really going to say about that is that it's Manon and Asterin bonding over this, which I think I appreciate a lot. And they get Valg blood to go write it. Yes. And it smells to high heaven. So they write it on several walls in major markets in Rifthold because they don't know how Aelin's going to see it otherwise. And so Aelin is actually just going... To get breakfast and like some guy is chatting her up and is like um yeah do you not see and she's like what do you mean didn't i see and then she like runs for it yeah <laughs> and it's just on the wall it says which killer the human is still inside him and it's yeah.
0: so good so i know i meant i brought this up but i'll quickly say when I was making the 13 collection for Rosebud's Realm, this was the first shirt I wanted because I personally wanted to wear a shirt that said, which killer of the human is still inside him because- Who doesn't want to wear that shirt? To to this day, it is a line that gives me chills. So good. The shirt was originally black with red writing on it. And then we had reread this and realized it was Val blood. And that is when the shirt changed to red in reference to Manon's cape and then- Black writing in reference to Valk blood. So if anyone's wondering, Mm -hmm. that is why it is what it is. Because we are canon efficient. So,
1: Okay. Yes. The next one is just the famous line. It's really short.
0: It is literally like a two-page chapter. So the important thing to note is that what I also love about this is the fact that it is a moment for Adian and Aelin. And so they have a moment to realize right before they go into the glass castle and everything that you know, this is, this is for Terrison. And so they say for our family, for us, 10 years of shadows, but no longer light up the darkness majesty. Let's go rattle the stars. I mean, iconic lines just in that one chapter. So 68 through 75. Yeah. So I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. So 68, the most important thing to note about here is everyone is basically preparing to go into the for freeing magic and going into the glass castle. So yeah. important things to note. Number one, Lysandra's in a carriage. She's in a carriage with Evangeline. And they're on their way out of the city. They're yeah, they're on their way out of the city. Okay. Rowan and Adian are underneath the castle in the tunnels. They are setting up the fire. Hellfire, the, yeah. The, yeah. So they're setting that up. Aileen is with Kale, and Kale is in handcuffs, chains, and going into the castle. They are saying that you know the champion has returned and she has a prize for the king i don't know why in my head it literally took until this read through i thought they went straight to the throne room no they went into the king's office (laughs) my brain i thought it was definitely had throne room too yeah um no it is the king's office because it references the fact that this is where sorcia died and i was like I thought Sorsha died in the throne room. No, no, (laughs) I don't think so. No, no, no. Maybe I'm misreading this, but I'm 99% sure they brought them in a private room in the back. But I'm like, okay, yeah, exactly. (laughs) My brain, I was like, uh, I'm sorry. So 69. Quick to point out for anyone, you know, keeping tabs on Queen Georgina, because I know how important she is. She's not there. Yeah, just chilling. With her court has fled absolutely worthless there are by the way word marks on kale and aelin and in 70 is when aelin puts the eye of elena on kale
1: before we do that we also need to point out r.i.p rest and Brillo.
0: I was really sad about that because I was
1: so sad about that it gave me very much like Game of Thrones yes. end of season one end of book one vibes yes where like Sansa is staring up at a very certain wall looking at very certain people Yes, and you're just that those were the
0: vibes that I mm-hmm. got and I was just mm-hmm. like oh
1: my god oh my god oh my god oh my god this is not good this is really
0: really not good the other thing too is when Kale sees that he wants to change the plans a little bit but yeah. for the most part they stick to what was originally designed, except for the fact that now Kale is willing to kill Dorian. He's, he's, he, I don't think he was going to kill Dorian when they went into the glass castle. I think that wasn't the plan, but now he's made a point to say that he will do it, which I don't know why he suddenly became a chicken from wanting to do it in the forest versus...
1: Question. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In all the demon Dorian chapters where he's going down to the basement and torturing people, Mm -hmm. these are those people, yeah. Mm -hmm. That
0: hurts me a
1: lot. I'm just oh, kind yeah, of putting that together. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's right. Me I realized that lot right
0: now. I realized that the second time, not this time. But yes it is. Yeah,
1: well, it's my second time, so I'm I'm on yeah.
0: brand. The <laughs> Oh, the one thing I we even talked about the Demon Dorian chapters. I just want to bring up the fact that chapter 30, this is part 1, sorry, quick tangent, is a really interesting Demon Dorian chapter to read because it brings up the fact that the demon has secret rooms hidden in the castle that has all of these Crowns and it has pedestals, and it's very interesting and for some theory spirals. So, that's the only Demon Dorian chapter I want to highlight. That's okay. Okay. Sorry, that was a very quick tangent. I'm sorry.
1: It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Going back
0: to we
1: were talking about the Eye of Elena with Kale.
0: Okay. So, chapter 69, I'm going back to chapter 69 because I just want to bring up the fact that the king immediately recognizes Aylan. And when we, What we find out in chapter 70 is the reason he does is because he goes into Dorian's mind and connects the dots that it's Aelin because she calls her name Aelin in that moment. And then moving into chapter 70 completely, we find out that Lorcan is a liar. No one's surprised (laughs) because he was supposed to kill the word hounds, didn't. And that is why Aelin was standing there with her grandiose speech, waiting for magic to be freed, and it didn't get freed. And it's because something went wrong. The word hounds are still there. So now Adian and Rowan have to kill these word hounds. The only thing I'm going to bring up when it comes to this, I'm not going to bring this up again, because I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, kind of skim these moments. But is the fact that basically Rowan and Adian get their asses kicked when this is all happening. And Lorcan comes in because Lorcan realizes that it's Gavriel's son and it would be of dishonor to him to let his son die. So he comes in and helps them. And then when we get into Lysandra, she basically is the one that really helps them at the end of the day. But for the most part, they get their asses kicked. Yeah. Oh, and then they free magic. Okay, there we go. I've I've talked about Rowan and Adian. I think we're good.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. So then, one of the best parts about the freeing of magic and mm-hmm. the instances and incidents that are happening down in the tunnels is Lurkin is not the only one to come to anybody's rescue. Next baddest bitch in town. Now that magic is free, has shifted. Yeah. Into one of the ghost leopards. They look like snow leopards. Yeah. So that are are real animals. So. Yes feel free to go look that up but uh like there's a gif in
0: the notes of it by the way yeah
1: has uh shifted yes. and is careening towards the guys rips through the bodies of these valg soldiers and word hounds yeah and saves their asses and then basically i think rowan looks at her and is like aelin castle and she's like out like a shot
0: yeah so back to the castle what's going on there um so once they're caught essentially aelin basically taunts dorian and dorian and her begin to chase going up the castle basically to the top of it mm-hmm. kale and the king stay behind and they fight aelin secretly gives kale the eye of elena to protect him and what is so beautiful about this moment is and i'm not going to read the quotes but one of it's one of my favorite moments is Kale, right before he gets injured by the king, he has a moment of peace and realizes he's not afraid if he dies right now. Like mm-hmm. this is, you know, he he's not gonna dishonor his friend. And it's honestly a really beautiful moment for Kale. And it's right. something that I don't think gets talked about enough, but that is what I want to say about that. One mm-hmm.
1: more quick little interjection, also that I forgot to mention, is that as Lysandra is running up to the castle to mm-hmm. try to help Aelin, she is about to get shot by one of the guards and Nezrin. Oh, yeah nezrin's arrow knocks it out of the sky and she shouts go at lysandra which oh, is just beautiful. another bad bitch
0: woman power moment we love anyways. it anyways so that's what so basically the king takes care of Kale, dorian and aelin basically get to the top of the glass castle and they kind of have their own little showdown and i i you know, visualize this as like the very top of a tower with like, you know, a very thin (laughs) bridge essentially like leaning out or like a balcony or whatever.
1: Very Elsa.
0: (laughs) It does. It does. Yeah. And what What is interesting is, oh, I want to quickly read this line because I love this. This is from chapter 71. It's, Aelin says, turns out your ancestors didn't prove of your hobbies. We Galathinius women stick together, you know. So it's one of my favorite little lines because the King of Otterland's like, how do you even have that? And she's like, hm, because don't you remember who started your line? Like duh. the go. So chapter 72 is when Kale gets hurt. And then 73 is the last demon Dorian chapter. Yep. 74 is when Dorian stabs Aelin with like an ice sword, essentially. And Rowan feels it, which is a key thing. And this is also when Lorcan comes to the rescue as it is in chapter 74. Aelin basically spends most of the time with Dorian just trying to coax him out and be like, I'm here. I've always been like, I'm here for you. Like, I want you to be who you are. Essentially, magic is returned. And essentially, it's like, I imagine it like this big relief over all the fay and the witches even feel it and it's like very exciting for everyone involved in the situation and then chapter 75 is you know we're still talking to Dorian we're trying to coax it out of him and then 76 is when we Dorian is finally free from the collar mm-hmm. and the king of otterlin is there to witness it so he has now made his way up to the top of this tower where Alyn and Dorian are and he is now free now mm-hmm. 77 is very interesting is when Dorian's is free of magic and officially mm-hmm. works with Alain and they do like a caravan but I still don't understand this to this day. Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's important later. So, yeah. Just, yeah. I'm going to chalk gonna this move on from this. this
0: is this is what I'm going to say and I don't know if this is true but I think Sarah Dumas might agree with me on this. I think because dorian has raw magic he can essentially do this with anyone
1: he's compatible with many people
0: yes many powerful people yes that's what i'm gonna say i think this is a dorian thing so dorian and aelan combine powers and they essentially use each other's magic it even mm-hmm. says that they were full of life of fire and starlight and sunshine they overflowed with it as they snapped the final tether on the king's power and cleaved his darkness away burning it up until it was nothing and then we have the biggest surprise which to me is still one of my favorite things is the fact that the king now looks at dorian and says my boy and then he looks at aelin and he says have you come to save me at last aelin galathinius and then we get to chapter 78 okay so this is one of my this is honestly one of my favorite reveals. So the King of Otterlin essentially says that when he was a young kid, he went down into the cat he went down into the tunnels, found Elena and Gavin's tomb, found the word key. Essentially, two Valg took over the King of Otterlin and the Duke. The Duke received Erawan, and the King of otterland received a demon prince. And they have essentially been running their lives since they were teenagers. And at this point, most likely Duke Parrington has never been Duke Parrington as an adult. It has always just been Erewhon, whereas the king has been fighting it secretly this entire time or doing the best he can. And one of the things that he was able to do to convince the demon inside of him was to make magic be such a fearful thing that he removed it to protect his 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 son who he loved dearly aka Dorian and then when he felt like the demon was really causing havoc he secretly set up this meeting in Tereson in Orinth, hoping that Aelin would burn the demon out of him. And so when we go back to Era Fire and we remember that flashback scene where Aelin was having headaches and the fire was taking over her and her mother had to drown her and all this crazy nonsense, that is because the king was purposefully coaxing her so he she could free him from this demon. But the demon had quickly caught on. And so what he did was then he killed everyone and terracin so that no one could ever take this take it out of the king that is wild planning in my in my opinion like it is just chef's kiss so good Mm -hmm. so freaking good what's interesting about chapter 78 is when it is the first time we get confirmation that erewan is alive he is free And he is in Duke Parrington. So that is when we officially get the confirmation. He also tells them that Kale is alive. He is broken, but he never made the final kill. It was, there was a light around him. And so he left him alive. And then Dorian, Aelin essentially is kind of like taken aback and kind of wants to continue talking to the king. Dorian is done and does the final blow. And the king is dead. The king is dead
1: long live the king
0: and then chapter 79 is when everyone falls from the glass castle the entire glass part of the castle is shattered aelin lands realizes dorian is alive but he's passed out kale same situation she sees that he's breathing rowan is is nearby she she can smell him and she also realizes that rowan saved her because the wind that came down helped save her and then she as the queen of Terracen who built a magic firewall around which is like freaking awesome sends a message to riftold and says that your king is dead dorian is alive i am aelin ash river galathinius i am the queen of terracin this city is mine until your prince is ready to greet you Mm -hmm. And then says that- I'll
1: ruin your lives if (laughs) you-
0: around yeah so then she says your slaves are now free people if i catch you holding on to your slaves if i hear of any household keeping them captive you are dead if i hear you whipping a slave or trying to sell one you are dead so i suggest you tell your friends families and neighbors i suggest that you act like reasonable intelligent people and i suggest that you stay on your best behavior until your king is ready to greet you at which time i swear on my crown that i will yield control of the city to him and her court is behind her when she does this when she is done speaking they're all covered in blood everyone yeah they're <laughs> terrifying when she's done speaking she goes into the uh castle and just falls and cries. Mm-hmm. and the only thing I want to say about that is this is really important for Empire Storms because Aelin essentially made herself out to be terrifying in this moment yeah. and that is very important for Empire of Storms so just want to point that out um chapter 80
1: So chapter eighty is where we go into figuring out what's been happening to Elide, Mm -hmm. while all of this has been going on. And basically, Vernon has taken Elide and trapped her in a dungeon. And Manon essentially figures out that she has been taken because she her her room smells like stale Elide is kind of what she says. And she gathers the thirteen when she figures out that she can't find her alone. And the thirteen and Manon all come to Elide's rescue they find a lead and then Caltaine shows up and is like i'm going to take care of this essentially so caltaine has had the so i'm on chapter 82 caltaine has had the demon inside of her destroyed like she destroyed it with her shadow fire which we found out earlier in a chapter but this is the first time that it's kind of revealed to everybody that or to anyone other than Caltaine herself, they come up with a plan, and then Caltaine reaches into her arm and pulls out a sl- glimmering sliver of dark stone. Which then we have a very very important paragraph. So a dull, strange thudding pounded through Elida as she grasped the shard. What is that? Manon asked, sniffing subtly. Caltaine just squeezed Elida's fingers. You find Selena Sardothian. Give her this. No one else. No one else. Tell her that you can open any door if you have the key. And tell her to remember her promise to me to punish them all. When she asks why, tell her I said that they would not let me bring the cloak she gave me, but I kept a piece of it to remember that promise she made. To remember to repay her for a warm cloak in a cold dungeon. And then... Caltaine walks and manon and alid are booking it out because caltane at this point has decided that she is going to rip apart morath and she is going to unleash her shadow fire and she is going to become death devourer of worlds it's so good It's It's so so good. good. And then she reflects upon some of the things that the Duke so lovingly called her. Mm -hmm. And one of those was his precious gift, his key, a living gate. God. A living gate. She then unleashes her shadow fire upon them all and rips Morath apart.
0: Into ash on a phantom wind. Okay. We love that. Okay. Chapter 83. This is probably, I'm not going to lie to you when I say, oh, Sarah reads Queen of Shadows a lot. I mean, I read Rowan's Reunion, everything that happens at the Assassin's Keep, a little bit of what happens in the forest. And then I skip right to this chapter. Mm -hmm. So this is when Aelin wakes up three days later. She wakes up to find Rowan is extremely grumpy because the chapter starts in Rowan's point of view. We discover that Adian has assumed control over the castle. He uh Rowan has basically been at Ayen's and beckon- he's been at Aelin's bedside this entire time. Kayla survived, but he's he's very injured, which we learn later on. Lorcan at one point arrives. And, yeah, and
1: Lysandra throws up all over
0: him. Lysandra throws up all over him twice. In
1: a queen move.
0: Yes. And they have a moment where Lorcan and Rowan have a moment where essentially Lorcan tells it that this isn't the end of it. But Rowan is basically like, you got what you wanted, just get out of here at this point. And that's pretty much the end of that conversation. And this is also when we get confirmation that the reason Lorcan stayed is because Adian is Gabriel's son. So Correct. that is, and so Lorcan is now on his merry way. Aelin wakes up. And my favorite thing is when she wakes up, she says, I saved the world. And yet I wake up to you being pissy. And Rowan says, it was a group effort. Then they talk. Aelin finds out she's been asleep for three days. Rowan and Aelin have a really sweet moment where, you know, he gets in the bed and she, well, he tells her to the bathroom and then he is basically cradling her and she doesn't want to get out of his arms. So he gets into the bed with her, like her in his lap. And he says, you know, I thought something had happened to you. The next time we save the world, we do it together. And she says, "Deal." <laughs> and <laughs> then, <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, Aylan. And then My favorite thing is he repeats what was said in the gold nightgown scene. She says to him that you make me want to live. And so he says, you make me want to live too, Aelin Galathinius. And he says, I spent centuries wandering the world from empires to kingdoms to wastelands, never settling, never stopping, not for one moment. I always look toward the horizon, always wonder what awaited across the next ocean, over the next mountain. But I think that whole time, all the centuries, I was just looking for you. And then they kiss and Adian sees it. Rowan uses his wind power and... closes the door and Lysandra is there crying and she says okay. that is what I'm going to find one day and Adian responds a gorgeous fae warrior and she laughs and kind of walks away chapter 84 Aelin finally reunites with dorian which is a really sweet moment dorian at first is a little apprehensive he's like are you basically controlling otterland and she's like no i was just doing this for you you know you're a king we don't have to be our parents we don't have to hate each other like you and i are friends we are you know you will always be my friend essentially and i will always be here for you and it's a really sweet moment between the two of them Mm -hmm. kale wakes up and discovers that he can't feel anything in his legs And Dorian explains that Rowan saved him the best that he could until a healer could look at him. And then a healer tried to save as best as he could, but his only chance is to go to the Torrey Chismet. He
1: was paralyzed from the neck down originally and was fixed,
0: but they could not fix what was wrong with his spine and his lower back. Yes. So, and of course, Kale is very apprehensive about going to the Southern continent, but Dorian convinces him that... You know, you are going to walk again. You're not leaving me by going to the southern continent. In fact, you know, you are going to be the hand of the king. And so I want you to do this on behalf of Otterland because we need allies. And then and then Ailen reveals that he is also going to be the emissary for Terracine. So he's going to kind of go as a dual thing. And then Nezrin is going to be Kale's partner. I guess, on this. And Nezrin's new title is the she is the captain of the royal guard. Kale is hand of the king, and Dorian is king. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool thing. And so Nezrin is now going to take Kale to the southern continent. And this is a good time to bring up the fact that if you remember in Assassin's Blade, there is a certain character already waiting for us in the southern continent, Neanderthal Chisme. The and only then,
1: thing to note from the witches in Elite is that Menon is out. I'm just, tossing it in here Mm because this is the only thing to note from them Mm -hmm. is that Manon gets a lead out and they drop her off near the forest, like near yeah, so that she can find her way to Aelin.
0: And the
1: witches are heading to Marath, right? I believe so. Manon is going to kind of try to see what she can do to. Yeah. Scope out what happened essentially.
0: Figure herself out from like the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't, she, Manon has never liked what's been going on. And so now it's, now now it's more official. Now
1: she's going to, well, and she's, she's not doing it for anyone else. She's going to save the witches. Like she's going Mm -hmm. to save the ones who are blessed to
0: be carrying the children of the Valk gross okay so chapter 86 is when aelin reveals to lysandra that she is gifting her a small territory in terracin so Mm -hmm. she is officially going to be a lady of Mm terracin and um which also means and and aelin explains to that you know evangeline as her ward also now has this title. So Evangeline Mm -hmm. is also covered. Dorian officially signs a decree that morning when everyone awakes, saying that all the kingdoms that were conquered from Otterlin are now free. And she comments that she wished Nehemia had seen it and also dorian officially meets rowan which is really cute and rowan bowed deeper than aelin expected when he met dorian which i think is is really cute and then she also introduced lysandra to dorian which was another very sweet moment and aelin is very uh this chapter ends in a very positive note because you know she this is 10 years of hard work and yeah. you know what what has come to then the only thing I want to bring up with 87, which is the witches, and it's just something very small, is the fact that Manon asks Astron what it was like to love. Yeah. And it's a very sweet moment. So, that's the only thing I want to bring up. I think it's a yeah. very cute little quote. Okay, so 88 is when they officially say goodbye to Dorian and... Kale and then Dorian wakes up in the middle of the night. Oh, this is 80. I'm sorry. I said earlier it was another chapter. 88 is when we find out that Kale is going to be the official ambassador of Terasen. So, when he goes to the southern continent, he's on he's not only the hand of the king to Otterland, but he's also the ambassador of Terrason, which is going to be important in Tower of Dawn. So, mm-hmm. just want to point that out. Nezrin was also gifted the arrow of solid gold that was presented to Aelin in Throne of Glass mm-hmm. from the child who was blessed by the goddess Deanna, who Mm -hmm. Aelin is technically related to. And then Dorian and Aelin say goodbye to each other. And then when Dorian wakes up in the middle of the night, there is a wyvern and a rider waiting outside of his door. He sees them and then they ride off into the night, which is so freaking good. 89 is when the court, Aelin's court, travels to Terracen. Only Mm. important thing to note here before we get into the mushy stuff is um, if you have the copy of Empire Storms from Burns and Noble, it includes some deleted scenes from these this travel, specifically a moment between Aelin finding a young girl in Terrason who has water magic and could be a healer and so aelin without revealing herself to be the queen essentially says when there is a school for magic she should come and learn to be a healer it's very sweet it's also a great little fun little bonus chapter because you learn a lot about rowan's childhood so it's one of my favorites and officially aelin has stepped foot in terrace and soil And one of the first things she says is she smells the pine and snow and never realized that Rowan's scent was Terracean. And Rowan even says, I feel as if I've been looking for this place my entire life. And Aww. it says Aelin walked toward the rock, the rock that essentially acted as like the border, whispering the song of thanks to Mala Firebringer for leading her to this place. This moment, Aelin ran a hand over the rough rock. The sun warmed a stone, tingled as if a greeting, and then she stepped beyond the stone. And at long last, Aelin Asher Regalathenius was home. And that is uh, the end of Queen of Shadows, which is the only yeah. book with with the positive ending. And finally did it. We did that pretty quickly, actually. Yeah,
1: I'm really proud of us. Okay, MVP.
0: Oh God, MVP for this book. I already know mine. You can say yours. I got to think about mine.
1: So mine's a tie.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Mine's a tie between Calte and Manon. That's, that's that's good. I would agree. Yeah, I would. I think Calte more than Manon, but I understand definitely.
1: Why. But like, there's not really another time that I could I could give it to Manon, and Manon mm-hmm. does have a lot of growth in this book. And, you know, I'm also giving her the MVP for Witch Killer the human is still inside him.
0: That is so very, very valid.
1: Caltan gets MVP for Shadowfire and Manon gets MVP for Witch Killer the human is still inside him.
0: I like it. For me, if I look at the entire book as a whole, I'm sure. going to say Aelin because, and I you know that's very- You said Aelin, I thought. No. So okay. I don't think so. And the only okay. reason I do is because this is when she's at the top of her game. I have some issues Fair. with what Aelin does in Empire of Storms. So this Fair. is like the one time I can really give it to her <laughs> would yeah. be now. In part one, you basically yelled mm-hmm. at me
1: multiple times. Well, I said that she was slightly flawed. You're like, she's perfect. Shut up.
0: Yeah, she's perfect in this book. And then in the not ne-
1: perfect, but she's very, very close.
0: The next one is where I have issues with. I think her arrogance gets the best of her in Empire of oh, Storms. Yeah. yeah and then i i mean honestly i i want to give there's another character i'd really love to give mvp to for this book but i'm not gonna say because i think it's better for empire of storms yeah i mean i think aelin is like my obvious pick sure i'm trying to think if there's i mean Caltane would be my second pick for sure i mean
1: Caltain in this book is oh my god phenomenal
0: incredible
1: like Everything that she's done, and then like all of the information, cross worlds, and everything that you get mm-hmm. through her just incredible.
0: She is a character that I know people, once they get to this point, appreciate her, but yeah. she's still not appreciated enough.
1: She's incredibly underappreciated.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I would agree. Okay, next one we're doing is Empire of Storms. Avery and I are going to do our best to keep it under one podcast. Is that what we're doing? I think so.
1: Yeah, I think it's supposed to be one for Empire and one for Tower, which is going to be hard.
0: They're going to be long podcasts. We should just yeah. go ahead and tell ourselves we're going to record gonna in the morning. They're going to be at
1: least three hours. I think so, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're going to do, and we should probably do it like this, where we, like, instead of just doing one whole story. because Yeah, it, it I made like it this. Good. This worked. Yeah. Oh, I do want to quickly point out because this is something Avery and I have talked about, and I just want to bring this up now so that mm-hmm. everyone is aware we're doing it. When we finish Kingdom of Ash, and we record an episode of Kingdom of Ash, there is going to be an episode after that is going to be full Sarah J. Mass spoilers, mm-hmm. literally hostab spoilers, and Avery and I are going to go through and pick apart every crossover it's be- thing.
1: A wrap up crossover,
0: yeah, because we have highlighted wow. it throughout all these notes, and we're going to rapid fire go through them. Yeah, you're it's gonna probably going to be a up. long podcast, but we have been saving it for that one episode. So just yeah. so everyone knows, there is going to be one episode that is full Sarah J. Mass spoilers before we get to uh, Mm-hmm.
1: Are
0: you ready to talk about?
1: <laughs> I don't think people are ready for me to talk about. Yeah,
0: Agitar. I'm going to be. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't.
1: Y'all think Sarah's obnoxious? You just
0: wait. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, it'll be good. Okay.
1: Yeah, All Sarah. Right. Sarah loves and also loathes talking about Akatar with me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like it.
1: That's what I said. You love it, but you also love
0: it. I think people also.
1: A lot of people get on the Akatar train and think Akatar is the best thing since sliced bread, and Akatar is really, really good, but. If you're not deep diving, then it can be very surface level.
0: I was going to say a common misconception about me is people think I only know Throne of Glass, and I probably no. know Akatar pretty close, especially Mist and Fury and Akabor. Yeah. I know those two probably just as well as I know a Throne of the Glass. The one blade.
1: that I'm going to, I can duke it out with her on is Silver Flames.
0: No, but you and I have very similar statements on that one.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, like, as far as like knowledge. Oh yeah, I don't know anything about that book. Yeah. I <laughs> I have read Silver Flames 18 times.
0: Okay. Have you read the a class book that many times? Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs>